0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Geeks and One New, where we gather friends of similar interests, and maybe not so similar, and discuss, joke, learn more about, and generally have fun with geek culture. We've got a tiny little topic for today's discussion. Uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're talking Ant-Man, Quantumania, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. There you go. (laughs) Can't forget the the other lead in there. Um. <laughs> uh but yeah, we're talking about the new movie that just came out. Uh we all saw it, thankfully. And Oh wait, did Caleb did Caleb, do you ever see it? Yeah, I saw it. Okay. Okay. Oh. Perfect. Okay, just wanted to make sure. I like how you wait it. Uh, but yeah, until we all saw it. Starts to say,
1: "Oh wait, have you actually seen it?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll cut that part out. That's all good. No, we won't. Uh, <laughs> Uh but yeah, so we all saw it and uh yeah, I mean
2: I was thoroughly impressed by it. Believe it or not, I actually enjoyed myself. It was it was a fun, it was a genuinely fun movie. So
0: yeah.
1: What I'm about to you the grump on this one because I didn't enjoy it at all. What? No, I was not impressed with it by any means.
2: Oh, I didn't say that. I said I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> What what didn't you like about it? Story was
1: just sporadic at best. It bounced around so much that didn't feel like there was like cohesion to the story. It just felt like it was really like struggling to try and figure out what they were doing and where they were going to go with it. And it's just jumping from one spot to another for the sake of doing so. Mm. The CGI was not good. Agreed. I will agree. There was was a,
0: A few parts that were pretty bad.
1: This was probably the worst Marvel CGI we've seen up to date, I think.
2: Yes, I I will. I will fully agree with that statement. I will say from character, from a character perspective, that was probably as close to what I understand. Canon MODOK to, uh, to be that we will get in the MCU. Mm. Additionally, this is one thing where I think the movie did exceptionally well. It emphasized um, the traits of the different characters in ways that were relatable. But almost as though everyone was trying to meet with uh, with Rudd's typical just barely over-the-top style. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to say it was a perfect movie. I'm just going to say it was a it was a thoroughly enjoyable movie. Yeah. From the perspective of that was fun.
1: Hmm. Like, it was definitely not the worst Marvel movie. I mean, I feel like... Eternals- well, yeah, Ca- uh,
2: Captain Marvel wasn't in it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cap- like, between Captain Marvel and Eternals, I feel like the worst Marvel movies are pretty set, in my opinion. But, yeah, I just... Uh, this this one wasn't for me at all
0: yeah see for me the like my brother and I were talking the other day and we were like oh where would you rank it under like the between the phase uh, like the latest phase and this one and um so like apparently this one starts the next phase
2: mm-hmm. but
0: um i kind of lumped it in with this recent phase and i was like between uh, last Phase, which there was definitely a, r- a lot of rough movies and like I ended up putting this one like number three. Like because I was like, okay, No Way Home and uh, uh, Multiverse of Madness are my, my top two. And then I thought Ant-Man was pretty pretty dang good compared to all the other movies. You know? So it was just like like most of the movies have been and coming from me it's been not so great and i totally get everybody's kind of gripes about it but um yeah no i i understand people's gripes about this latest phase i've enjoyed most of them but i've known i know that there's been some rough movies um, but well, i thought that this one ranked top 3 for me
2: this is actually the start of phase 5 right yes.
0: yeah
1: yeah this is the first of phase 5 Okay.
0: I I I think that it's a step in the right direction for Marvel.
1: I <laughs> I'm not with you on that one because like I do think it was better than a lot of the Phase 4 movies because I mean Phase 4 let's just be honest Phase 4 was pretty disappointing. To go from the like the the peak that we got with Endgame and just that satisfying conclusion to so many stories into Phase Four, where it really felt like they just didn't really know what they were wanting to do or where they wanted to take a lot of it. Mm-hmm. It just it felt like they were scrambling a lot yeah. in Phase Four. Um, definitely, and so like again, th- this movie was by no means the worst Marvel movie because there's definitely movies that just are very solidly holding down that spot. Yeah. Um, but like for me, like this was just kind of aggressively mid in my opinion.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Um, and I think that, I think you're right. I think the CGI was definitely very questionable at best. Um, but I will say at the same time, like with, with especially Modoc, um like I it was very jarring in the begin in the in the first part of it, but I kinda got used to it and I was like, okay. It it's it's not as bad as it could be, but it's definitely not the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but then I like I said, I got used to it and I was like, Okay, this is a ridiculous character and they made it ridiculous. So
1: I, I was expecting ridiculous. I didn't expect this like Budget CGI that yeah. they did with it because like the CGI was really bad on this yeah. one. Like I knew that Modok was gonna look kind of wonky because like Modok, mm-hmm. he, like that, that's really all you need to
0: say. Big head, little body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, no, I, admit, so, I got
2: a big head, little arms. Those were my exact first <laughs> thoughts when when he made his first appearance. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But, like, I don't know, like, even expecting him to look ridiculous when I saw just how bad the CGI was, I was like, okay, you blew your budget on Wakanda forever and had nothing left over after that. (laughs) Yeah, probably, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it It was actually confirmed.
2: Oh, Oh, really? really?
1: Yeah, I think it was actually confirmed that they had spent a large portion of the budget on Wakanda forever. And because of a lot of the like financial changes and things going on at Marvel right now, and them having to like roll back and change up their pace for the movies and shows and stuff, they kind of like, they didn't, they don't have that like endless budget that they had been getting up to this point.
2: Yeah. Okay. I do want to take a moment to point out something that I think they did surprisingly well from a writing perspective. Um, they, in writing, typically you want to avoid, um, uh, telegraphing. You want to do more foreshadowing. And they did something that I think it only makes sense with a multiverse style storyline, but that's also just because I've not spent much time to think on it creatively or think on it at all. Um, (laughs) which is they used telegraphing as a form of foreshadowing. Um,
0: in what, in what instance are you talking about?
2: Are we cool with spoilers? I uh, mean, yeah, we're discussing the movies, Yeah, so. okay. All right, so there's a scene where Kang makes mention that he killed Thor. Definitive fact and a statement, he killed Thor. Mm-hmm. But he's so confused by the different multiverses and the different times because he, he doesn't realize which one has happened yet and which one hasn't. Mm-hmm. So... They're using that device of, oh, he's multidimensional. Yeah. He's multidimensional. He is a time traveler. What the crap? Yeah. So now you're sitting there wondering, like, so are we going to see him kill Thor or not? Or is that going to be a big play to protect Thor? Mm. So that's what I mean by they're using telegraphing as a form of foreshadowing. Yeah. Which, in this particular instance for the storyline, that was brilliant. Hmm. There was good writing on their end and hats off to the writers on it. Um, Now, Caleb's your earlier point. Yeah, they did a lot of head hopping.
1: Yeah, like there was just like with the one sequence, they were with three characters overlooking a desert scape. And then it just suddenly jerks over to other characters in a village. And then it yep. rapidly jumps back over to the desert scape and then back to the village. And it just jumped around so much. I was like, like, how did this get through the editing floor at this, like, jarring pace? Like, yeah. did you guys just, like, mess something up? Did you not know what you, exactly you wanted to do? Like, what what was going on here? Because this is just, like, breakneck pace flipping back and forth from here to here to here to here to here
0: yeah right <clears throat> i definitely agree um and i feel like they've been they've been lacking on the editing side of things for most of the movies in the phase um because like even with the sound quality um mm-hmm. like the music and stuff like it feels like there's no epic music there's like it's so soft and it's so like these epic moments should be uh, emphasized by this music, but it's all just monotone, like yeah. weird music that sounds like it should have some epic, uh, like crescendos and stuff. But like, it's just not getting there at all. Mm-hmm. And I noticed it m- the most in Eternals and, um, and this one. And I feel like Thor was the same, but Thor was a little bit better because it had all that 80s music and stuff, which <laughs> I think they kind of overdid a little bit in that one. Yeah. But. Um, but, yeah, I, I I fully agree that there's some editing issues going on at Marvel. That's just kind of like, OK, what happened to your budget?
1: <laughs> well, I know yep. that like that there's well, there's been a few issues that have been getting some reports going around about it. So, like, for one, they've been having issues with some of the CGI studios in Hollywood are just, like, to their, like, wits end. And just some of them are outright saying they're not going to work with Marvel because they are just, like, giving them this insane deadline and crunch time. And it's just, like, they just can't get through the amount of work in the time that they're being expected to get through in a realistic manner. And they're, like, wanting all of these different things. And so like the the CGI that I think has been a long time coming just because of all of the issues that there's been, that they've been having with the various studios. Like you don't get to like walk up to all of these different studios and say, you'll get it done in a week and Mm -hmm, expect the quality to remain where it is, especially with the amount of content that they've been pumping out. So like that, I think was just not a matter of if, but when uh, but I I agree. Like the music has definitely taken a fall. Like just I remember seeing some of the first Avengers movies and hearing the music as I was sitting there in the theater and just feeling that hype and excitement. And yeah. like I don't feel that with a lot yeah. of the music in these newer movies.
2: Yeah, on the note of the music, it's <clears throat> it's definitely been that's been one of the fairly consistent strong points up until Phase Four with MCU, from what I recall. Where, more often than not, the music would kind of prime you for what's about to happen on screen. Um, Even to the point of scene breaks, where, I mean, you see the scene break, and it it cuts out the music as well. And you're sitting like, wait, wait, no, 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 we're about to miss something vital over there. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. then they'll bring it in. So they were able to actually blend both the filmmaking, the writing, and the music previously. Whereas now, it's almost... (sighs) I don't want to go this far, but it's the only way I can I can think of it to phrase it right now. It's almost as though the music's an afterthought.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like I I even noticed a, l- a little bit of that uh decline in the music in Endgame. Um like it wasn't it wasn't to the extent of of Phase 4, but like in Endgame there was these moments, like I said before, where it was like should have been an epic moment mm. that well, fell a little flat just because of how the music was.
1: I feel like Endgame was the last time that we got it to the caliber that we kind of expected it with Marvel. Yeah. Like, post Endgame is where things have dropped off, and there's definitely been moments throughout, whether it be for the music or CGI or action or story or whatever that have really delivered. And I do think there were some fun moments in Ant-Man. Like, I'm not going to say that it was a terrible movie. because um, like some of the action sequences towards the end of the movie that we can discuss a little bit later. I did enjoy, and I thought they were pretty cool. But for me, I was just sitting there like, man, I just sat through like an hour and a half just to get to this one cool moment. Yeah. And there's like, there's so much else that I feel like they could have done. And that is, it's like the first Ant-Man was a really fun movie. The second one, I don't think quite hit the same stride as the first one, but I did enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And then this one, I was just like, man, there's some characters that I enjoyed that aren't here. There's
0: characters I didn't enjoy that are here. Yep. Okay. Y'all are going to have to fill me in on that one. Luis. Oh, he wasn't in this one. I forgot about him. (laughs) And I, I, Fully, fully agree with that, Caleb. I think they should have had him in it. Uh, e- even the the Russian dude, too. like, yeah. Or Ukrainian or whatever it could is. Could you
1: imagine just the like shenanigans that if oh, he yeah. had been pulled into <laughs> the quantum realm and was just running around? Like, I don't know what's happening. Like, there's so much <laughs> fun stuff that they could have done with him just freaking out in the background yeah. yep. and not really, like, comprehending what's happening. And, like, it, it definitely felt like there was just something missing with him ah. not being there.
0: Yeah. I still fully think that uh, they should do some kind of short or even one full movie of him just explaining the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> that would be amazing.
2: Oh, I would
1: love that. I, I do think that Paul Rudd, like in classic Paul Rudd fashion, stood out in this movie. He was definitely oh, yeah. one of the one of if not the strongest point in the movie. I feel like really all of the key cast members around them did a great job. Mm-hmm. Like the, I don't fault any of the actors for any of the issues with the movie. It was 100% the storytelling, the CGI yeah. and the music.
0: Yeah. I will say one caveat to that one. And I think it's just because of the look they went with was Evangeline Lily's wasp. I, yeah. I, I cannot mm. stand that haircut
2: on her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it kind of, it messed with her character a little bit, I think too admittedly when she was on screen i kept thinking back of oh look it's uh it's julia roberts playing tinkerbell again yeah Yeah. it kind
1: of made me uh it kind of made me think of that scene from big bang theory they're just like why did penny cut off her hair it's like she's still an attractive woman but it's like why'd that cute girl cut off all her hair (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. Like, I still think she did a good job with the character. Like, she's a good actress, and she did well with the character. I will say that, like, Jonathan Majors oh. just did
0: a fantastic job. Yes, he, he did. Build it, yeah.
1: But, that and I mean, also
2: the cameo. A... Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. The Cameo <laughs> role was priceless. <laughs>
1: and th- that. So, I'm torn on that one. Like I, I think it was funny, and there was some fun moments, but it also felt like okay, he's here just because we can say he's here.
2: You yeah, it, I mean? it, it 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 did seem like they, the role they chose for him on that allowed him to outstay his welcome.
1: Yeah, a little bit, and I guess we'll go ahead and say what happened with this one since we're talking spoilers and whatnot anyway. But Bill Murray finally made his <laughs> Marvel cinematic debut yep. and while, which is there was, nice <laughs> there, there was some definitely some like funny moments and like it, it has some comedy to it but i agree it absolutely like overstayed his welcome with the character and it's just like it, it very much by the end of his time on screen felt like they just wanted bill murray to say they got bill murray in, a, in the mcu yeah, and there, yeah. There, there wasn't really like a purpose or intentionality behind it.
2: It's like he's trying to make up for being uh, for doing the Garfield movie and it's just making it worse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel See, like he's made up for the Garfield movie with his line and Zombieland with like, fair. That's actually exactly that's why I said Garfield that. <laughs> movie, probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, I honestly I I liked that character at the end of his time on, on screen because like in the beginning of it, I was like, OK, he's kind of an annoying, just weird character. And then when he kind of turned that table of actually being kind of evil,
1: it was like, okay,
0: this is actually interesting.
1: (laughs) The issue with that, though, is like if they were going to do a flip like that, where it's like, oh, he's actually a villain, why did they just instantly kill him off? Mm. To, like, take someone like Bill Murray, who doesn't really play villains in movies and make him a villain, even if he is only, like, a tertiary villain – Like, to have him playing a villain is kind of a unique thing, just in cinema in general, because that's not really what Bill Murray does usually. And so if they're going to make him the villain, lean into it. Let him kind of be there and, like, play that story of, like, oh, is he and Janet going to end up, like helping each other out because of their past or is he going to like just betray her the whole way through the movie and be a true villain? Like there's so yeah. much that they could have done, but the way that they did it is why I think he did overstay his welcome because it's like, Oh, he's a villain and he's gone.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I can see that.
1: <laughs> I like if he had been there kind of like just the like smart aleck, goofy villain in the background, like, kind of helping Kang, but also like I'm alive because I've helped you with a few things, but the next mess up could be the moment that I'm not alive anymore. (laughs) Like that could have been a fun dynamic with the story. And like, I feel like him and Jonathan majors Kang playing off of each other could have been, could have made for some interesting dynamics. I think. Yeah.
0: What do you, this just was kind of an idea that came to mind as you were saying it, but like, uh, what would you have thought if he ended up being the one that played MODOK instead of, uh, of Darren?
1: <laughs> oh man, that's, I don't know
0: that like, Ooh. just, just out of curiosity. Like it, it's not I something like that would ever happen. I don't think it but. would be
1: <laughs> something that would kind of skirt like, okay, are they going to make him be like a full on villain and let him really like play that villainous role or are they going to start doing that, like, more goofy villain, kind of like what they did with Modoc? Because if yes. they had done the more comical villain, I don't think it would have really changed much with MODOK mm-hmm. if it was him. If they had done a little bit more of a serious villain and kind of, like, let Bill Murray kind of stretch his legs and do something a little bit different, I think it could have been interesting.
0: Yeah. I also have to say that the... Uh, sorry to kind of... Switch gears here a little bit, but, um, with Modoc himself, like, the idea that, uh, Darren ended up becoming Modoc was a little weird to me. hmm Um, just because I know the comic book accurate version and slash the video game version of him, where it was, he was a, a, a scientist that was, um... Uh, Just trying to make himself smarter and ended up um, messing with in the video games. It was Terrigen Mist from the Inhumans uh, part of the world. Um, But I I can't remember what the comic book version of it was, but like, Mm. and it ended up making his brain larger and his body stayed the same.
1: Yeah. Um, they they are no strangers to kind of changing up things like that in the MCU. They've done that a handful of times. Just, I mean, like Iron Man three, they took like four different comic book arcs and managed to mess up all of them. Um, (laughs) But I mean, they like made a bunch of changes there and like, there's been a number of changes. Some of them work, some of them don't. This one was one that just didn't really work. I think.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: Like, I think that it was an interesting take on it. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that the way they did it was a little weird, but it ended up kind of working in the end. Um, but I still didn't quite feel comfortable with it. <laughs> it, it seemed like they were
1: different. They went with it. I don't know that there was much else they could have done since they did make it pretty drastically different.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. I would also add that with the fact that they had him they introduced him in this one and then killed him in this one. Like definitively yeah. killed him mm-hmm. in this one. We saw him dead. And there were visual cues of no 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 he he D E D dead.
0: <laughs> um,
2: so he gone. Yeah. I think they changed it particularly in with that in mind, so that they so that they can get away from having him further on down the line. Yeah. Which my understanding of the character, which granted is not much at all. He's more of a, he is kind of more of that once and done villain
0: in, in the comic books and in other, um, versions of it, like whatever you have, like cartoons and, and stuff like that. He, he's actually a big bad, like really? Yeah. He's a, he's a formidable villain. um, like he has like that gem that's on his uh, forehead that was on his forehead in the in the movie that actually has a bigger role in the in the Marvel Universe hmm. outside of the movies. Because um, that's what he focused all of his psychic energy through. Um, and that's what helped him do that. Um, so they kind of they didn't even mention it at all in the movie what it was.
1: Yeah, they they really glossed over that. And, like, I, I, there were some aspects that they touched on with Kang that I thought were really cool, just saying, like, talking about, like, the multiversal aspects and the things that he's done and, like, how many universes he's kind of ruined and destroyed. And I was like, okay, that's really cool. And then he brings in this new technology, and it's like, this is capable of traveling the multiverse. I am strong enough to wipe out multiverses. And then it just kind of stopped, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they could have used, like, that multiversal aspect to explain what they did to MODOK, mm-hmm. to, which I think would have made sense. They could—there's, like—I I, just—I don't know. Like, I felt like there was so much that they could have done with that, and then they just, like, teased it and then just didn't do anything.
0: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> See, that's what I think this movie was, though, was it was a big tease for what's to come. It was, like, what David said, it's a lot of foreshadowing of— like like because Kang is supposed to be the big bad of of this phase mm-hmm. or of this, you know, of this new Well,
2: is he supposed to be the Big
1: Bad or is it Secret Invasion? Because that's what they're setting up with the shows and stuff coming up.
2: So right. I think the focus of the shows is going to be secret invasion, which will play into the movies, which will then phase into Kang being the big bad, and that's me just regurgitating what I gathered from the release of, Hey, we're officially announcing phase five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it,
0: I have a hard time with it myself because like, especially because of what they did with the scrolls in, in Captain Marvel was they made them good guys. So how, why is this a secret invasion of Skrulls? I feel like we're going to see some
1: changes with that aspect that they're doing with the, the scrolls and whatnot. Cause I just don't like the, the scrolls were never good guys in the comics in any way. So I feel like we're going to see some changes to this uh, story or the mm-hmm. way that they did that. So I, I think it's going to go the swerve route, but I mean, who knows they could have Kang there and then kind of tease something. It was like, I came here to prevent, this thing from happening. And then in the end they'll use that as like, Oh no, it was the scrolls. He was like, he was better than we were giving him credit for. Oh, and then kind of go that route. I don't know. Like this is just pure speculation.
0: Yeah, no, but it makes sense because of the whole thing that Kang was saying, like they, they were trying to prevent the major thing from happening. Right. No pun intended with Jonathan majors, but, um, (laughs) but uh so it could very well be the the invasion of the scrolls that wipes out the the universe or something like that Mm -hmm. um or the that particular universe out of the multiverse or something i don't know
1: yeah like that was the threat that he was trying to prevent or like that was a part of the issue that he was able to foresee with all of the timelines that he's seen or something like i i do feel like there's, it would make more sense to build to that. Like, if they do completely change it and make the scrolls good guys, then the whole secret invasion angle is going to make absolutely no sense.
0: Right. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm.
2: Could be uh-huh. interesting. I understand some of those words. <laughs> <laughs> so the scrolls are not. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, that's one of the ones I did understand yeah. because I'll explain secret <laughs> invasion to me before. Yeah. So,
1: like, honestly, Here's a recommendation for you, David. Check out the animated Avengers show. That is the best version of the secret invasion I've seen as far as like visual outside of the comic book realm that they've done. They did that story very, very, very well. And it was like a full season and a half, two season buildup in the Avengers cartoon that they led up to that big battle and that big moment with the invasion. So like, I can't recommend it highly enough. Like, it is very, very good. So if you want to know Next. anything about Secret Invasion, absolutely watch the Avengers cartoon.
0: Okay. Is that the Avengers, or is that Avengers Assemble, or...? Uh, I
1: would say watch you both, remember? because they do tie together. I don't remember which one of those two specifically uh, had that storyline, but since the two of them do tie together very closely... Uh, I would say watch them both but definitely watch the secret evasion part
2: (laughs) okay
0: (laughs) so another thing uh, that I think we have to address um, is the uh, and this is major 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 spoiler um, but the uh, end credits scene Mm -hmm. which one the well both but mostly the, the final one okay yeah, the, um,
1: the big one that teased what's next.
0: Yeah, with Loki. Yeah. To, yeah. Loki being back, the idea that they're kind of going back to the origin of Kang because uh, his origins were he was a time traveler from, I think it was, what, the 20s or something like that? The 1920s? I think so, yeah. Um. He ended up going to the future, getting all this, um, technology then coming back and like, yeah, so there's all this Hmm. stuff, but then bringing in Loki with the, um, the bureau, the bureau there is like, okay, this tying it back into this is so cool. Yeah,
1: and it was really interesting to see that, like, genuine fear and intimidation on Loki's face. Like, that's something yeah. we really hadn't seen outside of his interactions with, like, Thanos. It's mm-hmm. like, he didn't, like, if Loki is scared, you should probably run.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, that much I picked up on. So, I mean, that's a, that is a good way of showing off, uh, of building up a villain, of having someone already established as being canonically powerful shivering Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a great way to build build the audience especially for audience members like me who frankly tuned out for a a phase and a half or two Mm -hmm. whatever we're at now where it's like okay well there's another one um but (laughs) um it's it's it was an interesting way for them to build up um to, to build up just how much of a problem Kang is going to present in the overall storyline. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The, yeah. The crazy thing to me though, is that they they showed off how powerful Kang is to begin with. And now they're going back to the origin. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's not generally how they do things is they usually start with the origin. They go back to the origin. They go back to the origin. <laughs> yeah you know that it's always multiple versions of the origin and they pull a batman with it my i was thinking spider-man but yeah (laughs) both work (laughs) my only
1: concern is that they may spend too much time on the origin specifically in the loki show it's like if they're going to do an origin and this is going to be the big bad the new thanos for this leading up to that secret invasion and whatnot they they need to do some stuff and explain some of that origin because like whether we agree with it or not, there's a lot of people that just don't watch the Marvel TV shows on Disney+. And mm-hmm. if they don't explain more about these characters and they like refer back to things that were just in the shows and don't actually have them in any of the movies, there's going to be a lot of people like, well, what are you talking about? I'm not going to go watch the show just to figure out what I need for this one movie. So like, like yeah. again, whether you agree with that or not, I do hope that they at least do touch on some of that origin within the cinematic universe. Um, mm-hmm. again, I agree with you. I don't want to see them do like origin st- and then present origin, present, origin, present. Like, I don't want to see that flip flopping, but yeah. at least give us a little bit to kind of like explain, this is what's happening. This is why he's doing what he's doing. And we're off.
0: Yeah. hmm. Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, I think it's one of those things where like, especially because the Loki show got so popular, um, I I think that it was, again, one of those um, one of those Disney Plus shows where it took a very long time to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then like it was enjoyable overall, but there was so much so much lead up to the end. Mm -hmm. And
1: the Loki show is the one that I've heard the most mixed comments on out of all of the other. Disney plus shows like with WandaVision, it's pretty consistent from anyone I talked to the first three episodes are difficult to get through. After that, it really picks up Falcon and winter soldier. Another one that like most people say had a slower start, but in the end it had a really good story and and good momentum. Loki is the one that it's, it's like whoever I talk to, it's either a love or hate thing. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. back and forth depending on who I'm talking to on that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think if they, if they take it to where the second season, they, they keep with the momentum mm-hmm. and keep, um, you know, building the storyline actively instead of just like, okay, this, this is happening, this is happening. Oh, and then there's something big, you know, <laughs> um, then I think that they can build that up to, uh, an exciting point. Into the the cinema, uh, side of things, mm-hmm. yeah, and especially with the Kang origin because, like you said, like you don't want to have to go back and watch it unless there's something absolutely interesting that you're like, okay, now I have to go watch it. You know what right. I mean?
1: And especially with how interesting a character Kang is, right? Like even if you haven't read the comic books, if you've played, really any of the video games you've at the very least seen him or seen references to him mm-hmm. uh, outside of individual standalone games, like the spider 2018 Spider-Man, for example, they didn't talk about Kang because it was just Spider-Man doing Spider-Man things. Yeah. Um, but like, even in like Lego Marvel's Avengers, Kang. <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like, the, the, like he is a big bad and a very interesting character. And I feel like, there's so much that they could do to really build up. I will say that my one concern with Kang is at least visually, I feel like they killed the coolest looking version of Kang that we saw in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like some I, of the I other kings fully like, agree. like the Egyptian king I thought looked pretty cool but out, like he was like uh, uh solid second place he did not look as cool as the green and purple suit king yeah and so like i'm just like oh please bring the suit back because that (laughs) suit is kind of like iconic (laughs) king
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, that is one thing as you were mentioning that i was like they actually did a really really good job with that suit i think they uh, like the only thing i think that they could have done differently was the the face part um it ended up kind of like, forming to his face instead of being, like, the glass, um, like, shield in front of his face.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't mind it because I thought that that actually looked good, the way that yeah. they did no, it. don't I, get me wrong,
0: it, it looked good, I just, I think it was a little weird.
1: <laughs> that's fair, that's fair, like, I, I thought it looked pretty cool and I was just like, oh, okay, like, all of this budget went into Kang for CGI, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so it like, does remind it was- me of like like star lord or something like that where it, it it kind of like just went around his face or or no not not the star lord mask but like the the little thing that they put on him uh, uh was it star lord uh
1: I, I, I kind of compare it a little bit more to like Spider-Man's mask that just actually like sits flush with his face and you can like see the defining feature of like his nose and his eyes right, and, eyebrows right. and everything like where Star-Lord's was like a helmet and then like, it had those features to show that, but they were sticking out. They weren't actually formed to the face. Like right. Spider-Man's yeah.
0: Mask. Yeah. I think I was, I was thinking of more the, um, the thing that Drax put on to go,
1: outside Mm -hmm. okay where it
0: was it was just like a bubble shield (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay that more so like formed to his body and his his face and stuff that's
1: fair Um, i I do want to point out during the big fight scene at the end between kang and scott when that one arm the part of the suit just got ripped off and just mm -hmm. saw his arm sitting there i was like oh they're showing off that Big arm getting ready for Creed 3 in like a week. <laughs> like, <was> like <laughs> this dude can fight. Like, he went through the training. It wasn't for yeah. this movie, but he <laughs> can fight. <laughs> he is a I, big guy. <laughs>
0: yeah. And also, on that point, like, you, did you notice how much less strength he had once that thing got broken?
1: Less strength, yes. He still had. Better fighting skill.
0: Yeah, no, he has better not, fighting skills. He definitely was weaker physically, but that makes it me. Er, that makes it seem like all of his strength and all of his uh power and stuff that is his technology. It's not him at all.
2: Yeah, <laughs> strength, yes, for uh, like ferocity. Super there you go. His super strength
0: and his. Shields and all his right stuff. They they may just say that
1: like that specific variant was more reliant on his suit than others because like the Egyptian version doesn't really have much of a suit to speak of, just the armbands, the headdress, the the, like the. Typical like Egyptian garb. So like he may have like his powers reliance on the scepter that he had or something like that. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe that's kind of how they'll explain it as they go through it. Maybe each each variant has something different that they kind of like pull their powers from. But I don't
2: know. Maybe I think it's if if I had to hazard a guess, because frankly, I saw that scene and my first take was, oh, they're showing off that he's not just, Mean, angry and trying to take over the world with his brute strength. He's actually plotting. He's actually intelligent and thinking through how he's going to do that. Yeah, he's strategic. So
1: they definitely showed off the strategic elements to his character, for sure. I, I do agree with Dan that like as far as like physical abilities, there definitely was that decline there because he didn't have the ability to just shoot out all of the beams and everything that he had been shooting out up to that point. He still was physically strong. Absolutely. And he was very cunning. Like the suit had absolutely nothing to do with his intelligence. And that was clear that that was the case. Um, But like there there was definitely an aspect of his physical prowess that was reliant on that suit. Yeah. Right. And we even saw that a little bit after he fired the arm beam at Scott he's like holding his arm out and there's that one damage spot on the arm that was sparking. And it was just like, okay, like he's looking at that. He notices the spark and he realizes I can't really rely on this. Like I want to, I'm mm-hmm. going to have to change up my strategy going into
0: this. Yeah. Yep. And I think the cool thing that you guys just mentioned about how he stra- uh, strategizes things is why there's so many different versions of him. Mm -hmm. Because each decision that he makes creates another timeline with him. So he has so many different things that he's strategized about. Different power sets, different uh, suits, different things like that. That it's like, okay, they're thinking this out a little bit more than we think they are.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So Yeah, that's one thing I picked up from that that first post-credits scene. That's one thing that definitely stood out of, oh hang on, that's why the whole decision vortex thing was a weapon he was using against them. It was try walking in my shoes for a bit. yeah mm-hmm. it wasn't just a I want to throw you off. It was a no, I want you to try to grasp what I deal with on the daily mm. it was it was it was a vindictive it was it, it was pointed it wasn't it wasn't just a. This will hold you off. Well,
0: (laughs) also think about it this way. Like the one of the reasons why, uh, from what I can gather, the reason why he didn't go in there himself, other than the fact that he couldn't shrink, is he didn't want to deal with more of himself. Right. He was scared about that.
1: (laughs) He was. I mean, he had been banished. And as strong as Kang is, he knows that if it comes to a. 1v100.
2: <laughs>
1: like, it's not in his favor, no matter how skillful he may be. And he may be the strongest or smartest variant of Kang, but he is still only one Kang against what we saw was an army of Kang. Yeah.
2: Right. Which, after showing off just this one version of him and then panning out to show th- hundreds, if not thousands upon thousands of him. That that alone is just one of those saucer pan eyes where it's like, oh, crap, they're really yeah. in it now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I would love to see the like if we're if we do get to touch on some of that Kang origin and whatnot, I would love to see the other kings banishing this king.
0: Mm-hmm. Because, like,
1: you know, with how driven and determined he was that he put up one heck of a fight. Oh, yeah. And I would like to see that fight with just like, see, he may have lost in the end. But how many kings did he take with him?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Now, now, here's another thing that that's that's occurring to me is if he splits based on decisions. Do the others also split when they make decisions like we saw in the vortex?
0: So not all the variants are are the decision making split. Okay, it, They are definitely Born from different multi- Multiverse universes Okay mm-hmm. um, There are certain ones that are Timeline driven and then others That are just It's a totally different universe
1: Yeah, none gotcha. of them have that like Branch off effect But most of them are Kind of creations of the branch off And not necessarily able to create Their own branch off
0: Right so I think I think the ones that are definitely do, uh, like what we saw in the vortex. There was if if this one makes a decision and splits off into two, then those two make a decision and those split off into two. Right, you know. It, I think it's a it's a pyramid scheme.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking but, of pyramids, I love the fact that they throw. Um, I'm blanking on the character name. Paul Rudd's Ant-Man? Scott Lang. Thank you, Scott. How they show Scott um, as uh, as just another Baskin-Robbins employee uh, yeah. in, in I, that I, vortex. I like,
1: liked that shout-out. That was funny.
2: <laughs> it's not just a good, funny shout-out that would only work in Ant-Man. It's something that kind of illustrates further what's going on. Yeah. It's, it's not just a, oh, ha-ha, because he used to work at, that's, that's cute. It was genuinely a, no, no, no. What's happening here is a convergence of all different decisions. So if he decided, yeah, you know what, I'm not going to go, uh, go rap, uh, Rob Van Dime, it's right. <laughs> it, It's showing that off, and it was doing so really well. So on that note, again, for visual storytelling – they're getting back to that. Yeah. And they're when they're on, they're on. But it was hit and miss. Mm-hmm. I think
0: the I think the thing that throws it off though a little bit is and this is just splitting hairs for this thing, but like Or langs. Or langs. Yes, yeah, splitting langs. <laughs> uh <laughs> is that the probabilities were from that point. True. You know what I mean? So it was a little bit ridiculous on that point. Yeah, but... <laughs> that's a good
1: point. I hadn't even really considered that portion of it, but that does make sense. If all of those different splits are from that specific point, why would just the standard Baskin-Robbins Scott yeah. show up? Because like, he's he's definitely not going to be in Quantumania as just a standard Baskin Robbins employee that didn't <laughs> right. join the Avengers,
0: <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it was a little a ridiculous, ridiculous shout out, but and it's I like
1: yeah. him being there was really funny, and like he ended up being more of like a semi-pivotal character.
2: In that yeah, <laughs> but he really kind of should have been, and, uh,
1: but it was also really funny just the way that it was done.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I will say the that I don't, I have a hard time with those moments. Um, because there's certain ones like that, like the, like not the Baskin Robbins thing, but like the whole pileup and like, Oh yeah. Things like that. Like I thought it was cool in this one because it, it was like an anthill. Yeah. Um, yeah th- but that it th- made
1: a lot of sense the way that yeah. like, and that yep. was a really cool little shout out. It's like, okay, he's doing the thing that his characters modeled after. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. But I have a harder time with it because I feel like they do that too much in other movies. Where, like, just for an example, Doctor Strange with the the dark magic, uh, like, thing where it's all just kind of moving around. Yeah. Like, the world is moving around. It's like, there's no effect that it this thing is doing. It's not hurting anyone.
2: It's a visual MacGuffin, yeah. Yeah. So it's like,
0: why are they doing it? Why is this dark magic? (laughs) You know what I mean? And they do it a lot in these movies. And it's like, okay. Like the only other time
1: I've seen them do that split type mechanic that I thought made sense and was a cool effect was Doctor Strange fighting Thanos and um, Infinity War. Mm hmm. Like that's the only other time I've really seen it where I'm like, okay, that was a cool shout out. And that was a cool way to like, and which it made sense with like the weight, the dynamic of that fight. So I agree. I do think that they tend to do that a lot, but between the doctor strange versus Thanos and then this one, these two were the ones that have made the most sense to me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) Um, I also want to point this out and we've already kind of hit on it a little bit, but where this is kind of, somewhat Mar- uh, the MCU and Marvel trying to redeem themselves a little bit, or at least go back to their strengths. It's one thing that this emphasized for me is Marvel is at its best when it's emphasizing how weird the multiverse is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or even its characters themselves. Uh, yes, yeah. exactly.
2: thank you. Yes. Where, I mean, okay, you have a dude who, he's a thief, he gets powers because he's a thief because he stole something useful. Okay, that's that's fairly run of the mill. Oh, and his power is he shrinks to the size of an ant, which makes him a better thief, and that's somehow going to be his his ethical turnaround moment. Yeah. It, okay, now now you're playing odd. <laughs> and it works for them. Yeah. And I think if if Marvel can go forward on that note of okay, what makes our characters quirky, not mm. what what is the not necessarily what is the actor bringing to this character that makes them quirky but what does the character themselves have that's innately quirky yeah if I, a, I think if an actor can portray actor it better. does play
1: a role in that because like if we had seen like the baskin Robbins scotling with any actor like chris hemsworth trying to do that same thing like a Baskin-Robbins Thor, like it wouldn't have really made sense. It wouldn't have been, have had that same comedic timing and whatnot, but yeah. like Paul Rudd's delivery adds
2: to it. And so oh, absolutely to, yeah, the
1: character quirkiness is key, but the actors to be able to pull off
2: that quirkiness as well. Yeah. Yeah. The actor's if not, quirkiness add to it. on top of it
1: is where it comes in. And, and that's yeah. like, that's the thing that we've been seeing. Like that's why Chris Hemsworth and Dave Batista. Have both said now we're done with Marvel because they're seeing the changes that they're making to the characters and like a that doesn't make sense for the character and b that's not my style that's not who I am that's not how I've portrayed this character I'm not going to do that yeah and so right. like that's the issue we're running into whereas they that is one thing that they consistently do well is like no we know what Paul Rudd is capable of we know where his strengths are we know what he enjoys doing we're going to let him play in his, his in his wheelhouse. Yeah. Yep. Just like Robin Williams is genie in Aladdin. Like, no, this is like, we're going to let you do your thing. Like, we're going to give you your script. Have fun with it. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say kind of to that point, like <clears throat> with the casting side of things, where like if you if you take a character who has who is a very quirky character and I have a specific one in mind that we all have fan casted is Squirrel Girl. He, look, it's a very, very quirky, strange character, but we all have the same thought of who we think would be best in that character.
1: It's not who we think would be best. It's who we know would be best. Right, yeah, <laughs> and,
2: and and let's be fair. With that particular fan casting, it, it's not just us. It's, oh, no, everyone, it's everyone except yeah. for Marvel execs, apparently. Apparently, I
0: yeah. Mean, Anna Kendrick, I mean,
1: even, baby. <laughs> even Anna Kendrick has just has more or less said, yeah, let's do it. I'm down. Yeah. This seems yep.
2: and bless it, her. She, she needs a, a lighthearted role. Yeah. I, right. I think
0: she would be perfect for that role because of her quirkiness, her, her comedic timing. You know, it, I think that would be a perfect role for her.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now kind of to bring it back. And this is more just a, a noob question because let's face it. It's what I am on this episode for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there a tie-in between Squirrel Girl and Ant-Man, other than MCU and lesser thought of characters?
1: Um, I personally don't know of any tie-ins. Um, I am not as studied up on the Squirrel Girl character, so I'm not the best one to ask on that one. But
0: She, she is more tied to uh, the Young Avengers, um, like Spider-Man, um, White Tiger um uh who who else am i thinking of uh like uh, the like uh the maximoff twins um things like that like they what
2: she's gonna say weren't the maximoff twins weren't they kind of a one-shot
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes and no (laughs) because they are in the in the uh The multiverse so they're there shots fired (laughs) (laughs) many many shots fired yeah oh okay sorry i misunderstood i was talking about uh wanda's kids
2: oh 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 okay yeah
0: (laughs) not quicksilver and his uh, and him being hawkeye shield um (laughs) um but yeah no like the uh, Squirrel Girl definitely is tied in more so in the the either the Young Avengers or the New Avengers. I can't remember which one it is, but um, but yeah, I don't think she had any ties necessarily to Ant Man because Ant Man, yeah. both versions of Ant Man are much older than than her.
1: Okay. Yeah, she's had various interactions with several different Avengers characters, but yeah, yeah. like to my knowledge, she's never had any direct correlation with ant-man or any of the kind of core avengers members
0: yeah. okay well i think that'll about wrap up our episode for today about ant-man uh if you guys are in, or if you guys enjoyed this episode please share it with your friends and uh keep on listening thanks for uh tuning in have a good one